The Green Bay Packers practice squad looks, well, exactly the way a lot of people feared it wouldn't. Plus, what's going on with the safety room? Do the Packers really need this many special teams players? I get trying to fix the special teams, but they're one injury away from potential disaster. All that on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. The Packers have a practice squad, and they announced 12 of the members of that practice squad. There are another two members that have been reported as of this recording, and Brian Gutekin said in his press conference yesterday that two more slots were being at least, I don't want to say held, because if the Packers could sign another player, they probably would if they thought they were better, but that Micah Abernathy and Juwan Winfrey were guys that they wanted to get back on the practice squad, more on the Micah Abernathy of it all coming up in a little bit. Right now, here's what we know for sure announced on the practice squad. Danny Etling is back. No, he's not better than Jordan Love enough. Um, Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson back. When Ian Rappaport reported the original Goodson release, he also did the, the, um, the agent a favor and said could get claimed didn't get claimed. This is the start of understanding, look, every every team has these guys. I, I'm not going to rehash this because I don't, I don't think it's useful, but I, I think this is just sort of like evidence of what we've been talking about all week. So you guys were prepared for this in ways that maybe other fans weren't. And I think that's good, right? I, I like that Locked on Packers audience is the most educated fan base that there is. Not not just because of what I do, but because I think people come to this show with a baseline of knowledge that is higher than most shows. That's that's what you want um, as as a host and someone who's coming out with, with content. I, I want to have an audience that knows their stuff and you guys do, which is great. Brian Gutekin said special teams was a big factor and that Amari Rogers' ability to play in that running back spot was also a big factor. That's exciting from a schematic standpoint because it means we actually could see Amari Rodgers do a lot of the stuff that he did in preseason where he's lining up in split gun, he's he's doing jet motion. I mean, he was in the backfield on on something like nine of his 29 uh, snaps in the preseason and got three carries, a jet carry, a traditional carry, a little a flip pass carry, receiver screens. We're not going to go all the way to the he's the Debo Samuel of this offense because that's crazy talk. There is no Debo Samuel in this offense because there is only one Debo Samuel. He plays in San Francisco. That being said, 
he can be used in a lot of ways. The Packers use Tyler Irvin. He is the supercharged Tyler Irvin. And having these running backs now, because of the way that these rules have been massaged and changed over the years, it allows you to get a little bit more utility from practice squad players because they can be called up. And so Kylan Hill for the first month or so, not going to be available. What does that give you? A chance to get these guys in the game if you need them to be in the game. I, I do think it's cool that they were able to get Travis Fulgham on the team, that he gets to be back on the roster. Uh, this was a guy that there were plenty of backer fans like a year ago going, you got to go get Fulgham, bring him back. Um, he, he was in... Green Bay for like a day the first time. Like the Packers barely got a look at them. And then there was, you know, people in the media complaining, oh, they could have had this guy while he's having a cup of coffee with the Eagles. And it had a nice little stretch of, you know, it was like four, six games. But then the Eagles are like, bye. And then he goes to Denver and they're like, bye. Like how many teams have to say bye? This is how my son says bye. Bye. Uh, when for you to understand, like he's, he's like not a great player, but there is something useful there. I think he has utility, certainly on a practice squad, get him in the offense. He can block. If you need him to do some of the kinds of things he can be your sort of, you know, diet Coke version of Alan Lazard in terms of a big body who can be physical in the run game. He will block and can make contested catches. If he's, needing to be a real part of your offense, your offense is probably having some issues. We saw that in Philly. When he was a big part of their offense, the offense was having issues and couldn't even stick in Denver. So it, he's I think he's an intriguing player to have on your practice squad, and that's as far as it goes. The Packers were able to get Jack Heflin and Chris Slayton back on the practice squad. There were a, some eyebrows raised when Jonathan Ford made the team, despite the fact that he was... Not good in the preseason and and Heflin and Slayton were impressive and they were playing a lot more. They seem to think Ford has more upside. Okay, I mean, they did draft him, so they certainly see something. That was one of those where it's like, okay, I get he's a draft pick, but these other guys were playing a lot more and seem to be playing better when they did play. But whatever, you, you get it back on the practice squad. That's the beauty of the practice squad is You can get these guys back. So this is sort of the flip side of the argument we've been making all week is like, yeah, don't freak out about it. But now that we're here, it it gets to be, isn't it great they get all these guys back because there's some players to to really think can, can become something if they're given a chance. Not the least of whom, Caleb Jones, who they're able to get back on the practice squad. I think that was the guy most fans were most concerned about getting poached because his physical skill set is unique to him. There are not many guys, maybe not any guys, at his size, at 6'9", and not, you know, crazy overweight because this is what happens with the bigger guys. They can just, they they can have issues keeping their weight in check, even just like 6'4", 6'5", guys can have that issue, especially when you're on the offensive and defensive lines, because most of these guys, by the way, have to do a ton of work to maintain their weight. This is not even a criticism of these guys in a lot of cases. You have to mash calories. If you remember, we had we had Mike Wall on the show a couple of months ago, and he talked about 
all of the food that it took to keep him at his playing weight. These guys have to be doing a lot to maintain the kind of size. That's why all the offensive linemen, they shrink, they shrink down itty bitty when Alan Fanica like runs marathons now. Th- these weight issues, if you're playing, not issues. Once you become not a player, those things change. At outside linebacker, Ladarius Hamilton and Kobe Jones were guys that, that we thought had a chance to make this roster because of the thinness on the edge. They are still thin on the edge. This is something that they need to look at, that they need to think about, that they need to find a solution to. I'm Devon Kennard, Devon Kennard, Devon Kennard. I don't know how many times I can say it. Maybe there are more guys who get cut. Maybe there's someone on a practice squad somewhere that they like. They are perilously thin on the edge unless they really think Kingsley Anigbari can be a really good player right away or at least a really good edge three right away because this is a Super Bowl caliber defense that is very top heavy. Their 11 is as good as any 11 in football. Their five defensive backs as good as any five defensive backs in football. I think their front has the chance to be as good as any front in football because I think Rashawn Gary is going to take a step forward. Kenny Clark with some help around him and then Devondre Campbell, all pro last year. Quay Walker bolsters what they had last year. But they're one injury away from really having issues. We're going to talk about that part of this in a second. They they need these guys to develop on the practice squad because they might need to play. And they might need to play a meaningful role for this team, which is... You know, it's a little troubling that that's the situation that they currently find themselves in. It's a little, it's a little troubling. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about eh, something tangential to that coming up later. They're able to get Rico Gafford and Keandre Thomas back. I don't think those were guys that were that were gonna have a ton of interest. They also signed Benji Franklin reportedly to the practice squad, and Kicker Ramiz Ahmed also reportedly on the practice squad. We'll see. Um, I think they're probably keeping some room open just in case Juwan Winfrey, they're not able to bring him back. And Micah Abernathy, who's got to wait the extra day because he's got to, he's got to clear waivers, um, is, is complicating things potentially. Ahmed is in a great position. We talked about this at the end of yesterday's show. He's in a great position to go not only make this team um, in next year, but be the kicker, to be the guy uh, moving forward. So something something to just keep an eye on there. If they're able to, to get that deal done, it would be a big deal for him and potentially a big long-term deal for the Green Bay Packers. Now, we're still waiting on what's going on with Juwan Winfrey. The Packers want him back. I can understand why he would say, you know what? This has run its course. I've given it my best shot here two years in a row. It hasn't really worked out. I'm going to go find it somewhere else. I can also see him saying, look, the quarterback already has faith in me. This is a coaching staff who's already seen me now for multiple seasons. I know this offense. And if I get an opportunity, I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to be a good player, I think. I think there's there's two reasonable sides to that. Now, the Mike Abernathy piece of it is related to what we're going to talk about in a second. So let's hold off on that. And then we'll, we'll get into all of the Abernathy era in a little bit. Before we get there, it's almost the start of NFL season. It's the best time of year. 
And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. That's why I highly recommend Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. It's the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports, the Elias Sports Bureau, the official statistician of U.S. Pro Leagues, including the NFL, player news and league-validated player stats and team records, expert game analysis for betting, for building your fantasy team, or just impressing your friends. This is the most respected research team in the industry. So you know the information is good, and you go on the app, key injuries, you know that those injuries are going to have an impact on the game. You can follow your favorite teams. You can follow the Packers on there. So you can see all the news and updates for those players that you want to highlight or for that team. The app makes it easy. NFL season right around the corner. So don't wait to download the Elias Game Plan app today. Get a 14-day free trial off a monthly subscription plan, but only if you use my promo code Locked On NFL. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code Locked On NFL. So the Packers brought in Rudy Ford from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is a special teams monster. He is, I mean, an incredible punt gunner. I've I've never seen someone at his size. He's got these python arms. He's ripped up. He runs, um, you know, he's like a 4-4-4-3 kind of guy and is just an unbelievable gunner on punt. Special teams all day. That's your guy. Tariq Carpenter the safety from Georgia Tech, makes the team despite the fact that in the preseason, the one time we saw him actually play defense, it didn't go great. And Dallin Leavitt, same thing. Against the 49ers before he got hurt, the Packers' secondary was an absolute disaster. And he was a big part of why. These are guys who have some NFL experience. Leavitt played actual defense. For the Raiders last year, Ford played actual defense for the Jaguars last year, played almost 40% of snaps, mostly as a slot overhang kind of hybrid safety player. Um, he's, he's big enough to be a sort of like third safety kind of guy, fast enough to run. Um, Pro Football Focus lists him as a corner because he played so much in the slot, but really he's a safety and he's kind of like a linebacker in a lot of ways, or at least that might be his best spot. According to Ian Rappaport, he was released because he was seen as a special teams only player. And apparently he wanted a bigger role than that. They didn't want to give him a bigger role than that. So he gets cut. The Packers bring him in and are going to give him a chance. He'd previously been with the Eagles. This is someone who's been around the league and and had opportunities and has mostly been a special teams player. And the special teams prowess is legit. Tariq Carpenter. Legit special teams upside. Down leave it. Legit special teams upside. Could be a special teams ace. All three of those guys could be special teams aces. Who is playing safety? Who is playing safety? Because Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos are the only guys who right now we should have any confidence can actually play safety for an NFL, not just an NFL team, for a Super Bowl caliber defense. 
We have no evidence any of those other guys can do it. And as much as I like Micah Abernathy, and I hope he comes back, I hope he gets on the practice squad because I hope he gets an opportunity and I hope he gets a better number. 46 is just a yikes. You can't, you can't make being an NFL team be number 46. Come on. He actually, I think, has some instincts and some playmaking and, and can play safety. I don't, I have not seen the evidence that these other guys can do it at a high level. Now, I, I, I will admit I have not watched a ton of Rudy Ford tape. And so that's something that in the coming days, I will actually go back and, and watch some of him actually playing defense. I, I watched some special team stuff and it's, it is special. I mean, his special teams ability is real. But clearly the Jaguars don't think he's a defensive player. That's troubling. Now, you don't want to always trust bad teams to make these decisions, and the Jaguars have been a bad franchise over the years. But this is a new coaching staff. Doug Peterson at least has a clue what he's doing. And so, you know, it's not a great sign that they were just like, okay, bye. <laughs> we're saying this a lot on this show. Bye. It's my toddler. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, it's concerning that this team does not have... And, and so why... Like, why... Why... Do you need three of these guys? Carpenter, leave it, and Ford are all preferably special teams only players at this point, based on what we've seen. That can all change. But based on what we've seen, and based on what, at least in the case of Ford, his former team thought of him, these are special teams only players. Sean Davis, not in the building anymore. They don't have anyone else. And Tony Jefferson is now in New York. So that's off the table. You got to find some better options here. And it's similar at corner. So I was talking with Andy Herman about this on Twitter. He was saying that if there's an injury at safety, his expectation is Russell Douglas will go play safety. Okay. Who's the nickel corner? Who's playing in the slot? We have no idea if Shamar Jean Charles can do that. Now he had a, a, an encouraging preseason. He's had a nice camp and is, is, you know, a draft pick, but essentially no NFL sample size. And Keyshawn Nixon, who the Packers brought in from Vegas, the original idea was he knows Rich Passaccia. He knows what to do on special teams. He's going to be a special teams majority player or special teams only player if possible. He's got fewer than 200 coverage reps over the last three seasons combined. He did not love that I said he's probably a special teams only player right now based on what we've seen. Although I, I added all those caveats for a reason. We haven't seen a ton of him because he's been hurt. And has not been getting a lot of snaps in the preseason. So like we, we don't actually have a good idea of who he is or what he is as a player right now. Asking him if, if you lose one of your starting safeties for let's say three or four games. And now Russell Douglas has to become a full-time safety. That's a guess. I think he can do it, but who cares? He, there's no proof. We have no evidence he can do it. We have some hints. We have more hints with him because he was a really good corner last year. And, and for all the, you know, all the same reasons we thought Josh Jackson could make a transition to safety. Russell Douglas was actually really good in the NFL at 
eyeing up the quarterback, reading and reacting, clicking and closing, coming downhill and making plays on the ball, identifying concepts in front of him and making plays. Josh Jackson never really did that. And so, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. Okay. Now, now you have a corner situation where you've got a totally unproven guy. They're going to get attacked. And your answer is, well, I have the safety help that I can, that I can bring over the top. Well, one of those guys is playing out of position. So they either, to make this all fit, need to add a corner so that if Russell Douglas does go and play safety, which is I think is a fine plan, by the way, they have someone that they feel comfortable with in the slot who has actual NFL experience doing that. Or you have a safety who you know can play so that Russell Douglas can stay where he is. You need one DB, one DB to make this work. And that's fine. And it works because you have this positional flexibility, which I love about Russell Douglas. And look, that's not to say, I don't think Keyshawn Nixon or Shamarjean Charles can be that guy. What I'm saying is it's a gamble to assume they can be. Now the Packers see them every day. These coaches are in the meeting rooms with them. They're on the practice fields with them. They're seeing a ton of stuff that the media is not seeing. And starting now, you know, a lot of the teamwork is just not going to be public because it's game plan week. It's not really, but you know, it is. And so it's going to be different. They're going to have some secrets. That's all well and good, right? But this is a situation where the Green Bay Packers are, I think, short one guy. And they have an awesome secondary, but I think they're short one guy. And I think the same is true on the edge. And they don't have anyone else to just slide over. Like Ladarius Hamilton and Kobe Jones on the practice squad, that's nice, that's useful. Because if you need someone for, for Tipa Naliai or Jonathan Garvin, you can get that guy in there and feel like, okay, these guys at least know what to do and we know we have some idea of what we have in this player. I think that's a reasonable position from the Packers standpoint. But evidence, proof that those guys are, are NFL caliber players at this point, we don't have it. Again, not to say we, they won't show it, not to say they can't be that. I think that's all in play for them potentially, but we, it's a gamble. And when you're talking about a Super Bowl team where Aaron Rodgers is potentially, you know, potentially in his last year, let's, let's be real about this, potentially in his last season, it would be nice to have a little more insurance than that. But that's where the Packers find themselves right now. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, the ultimate pro football preview, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season, the local team experts, the Locked on Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked on Bets, all combined into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. I want to just touch on this report from Ian Rappaport 
that uh, of the teams that were interested in Jalen Rager, the Packers uh, were one of them. That they were they were engaging around the draft. Um, this was something that I had I had heard around that same time. It is, I think, damning in a way that Philly. I'm not sure we're sure like someone like Samori Toure is that much worse of an NFL prospect than Jalen Rager, given what we've seen from Jalen Rager, who does not seem to have a, a polished route running game at all, who other than having vertical speed has not shown much at the NFL level at all. Now, Samori Toure has shown literally nothing because he's never played in an NFL game. But when you're talking about a future fourth round pick. Now, it, I think it's two years in the future and a seventh. That's like something to give up. The Vikings now have two of the receivers picked ahead of the Packers in 2020. It's worth noting that at least two of the total guys, all of the receivers picked ahead of Jordan Love in that 2020 draft. Two of them are either not in the league or not on their old team. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb, really good. Jerry Judy, probably not blossomed the way that we thought he would. Um, Justin Jefferson has been... Clearly incredible. And Brandon Ayuk, probably not what we thought he could be and certainly not how he was being hyped last year. He's being hyped again like that this year. And man, I'm I'm not at all sold that Trey Lance is going to be good this year. I think he's going to be good long term. But this year it's going to be, I think, a work in progress. So this is not a this is not a Jordan Love post. This is not a Jordan Love tweet, but it was it was meant to be a Jalen Rager tweet. Another guy that I loved. I think the Packers like Yes, would I have liked to have seen them do that? Sure. And there are a lot of people. I mean, I tweeted about it at the time. Uh, but a lot of people were like, well, what is he going to do on this team? It's like, well, he's faster than Amari Rodgers. He could return punts. I mean, there's other things he could have he could have done. I, as someone who was a huge Jalen Rager fan, I'm kind of fine that they didn't do this. Because Jalen Rager has just shown us nothing through two seasons that is is worth much. Now the Vikings, they move on from Amir Smith-Marset. By the way, could be someone that if Juwan Winfrey doesn't work out or even if he does, um, that they might prefer someone like Smith-Marset. I really like his game. I think he could be a punt returner. I think there's some, there's some upside there. I, I, I think we're in a bad place with where Rager is. And so it's, it's just worth mentioning that we get so excited about these guys and then stuff like this happens. I was really excited about Alex Leatherwood. He just got cut. Um, and so you just you just never really know with the draft. We can get so excited. Ross Blacklock just moved on. That was a Packer Twitter crush. And we see this all the time. Kenneth Murray, Packer Twitter crush, can't even, can't even get on the field. Like they are actively trying to find ways to get him off the field in LA. So a, a sort of unpleasant reminder, at least for me, these things do not always go the way that we hope. And I think it's important to remember we get excited about these guys every year and about a 50-50 chance it's not going to work out. And, and if it doesn't, it, it probably is going to go down in, in actual flames. Follow me on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920 341-3775 to stay. Marked on Packers.